did not know each other before. Because I remember when we got there, I was like, do you like beer? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, do you like gambling? And you're like, yeah. And you like sports? Yeah. And I was like, we just become best friends? It was Dark step March, it's almost St. Patrick's Day, and I've been drinking anyway. I told everybody that I wouldn't drink, but I feel sorry for myself because I have one eye. You know who I am. I'm Timmy Bounce Back, the name dropper. We've got so much to talk about today. Our guest is Lex Medlin, real life Hollywood actor. I'm with LJ, Cat, Chad. We are at State Social House on Sunset Boulevard, and it's raining. It never rains. What so, do you mean? This has been like the year already. It's like the, the, what is that? La Nina. I can't. It's driving me crazy. So anyway, listen, it's the rule to name drop in Hollywood. It's kind of like the blue check mark on Insta. It can be tacky or lame, but also very effective. If we can't get out of a drought because of all of this rain, we're just a drought city. Yeah, that, that's yeah. it. For the rest of our time. Am I right? I mean, yeah, if real. this doesn't do it, then we just, just accept the fact that we live in drought. No, I, I, I disagree. Because <laughs> it has not they, stopped raining for two friggin' months. Yes. Yes. And in August, if anyone says there's a fucking drought, there's going to be hell to pay. So, yeah. <sighs> I love the rain. Do you really? Yeah. I Where are you from? Northern Colorado. Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. And uh, I, I was used to four seasons. Then I came out here and it was just beautiful all the time. Uh, and I got used to it. Wait, I thought you were from Arizona. Well, I did I did four years there. And yeah, I say it like it was it time because it felt like time. <laughs> it's a dry heat. It's oh, 116. Oh, People are dying. It was awful. I don't love Arizona. Like, it's just not my spot. I got friends who do desert freaks. Yep. They love it. They're like, I love the heat. It's awesome. And I can't stand it. I lived in Vegas. It was I just came from there. Yeah, I just flew in yesterday. And, and I couldn't believe the first time it snowed. I couldn't believe it snowed in Vegas. Yeah, but Vegas oh, has yeah. slots. Tim, are we not going to acknowledge my shirt? The shirt's fantastic. This is my headshot. Yeah, nice. uh, celebrity adjacent. <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm literally celebrity adjacent. <laughs> I can't stop looking at the shirt. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, everyone, Lex, go buy a shirt. Uh, cheers. Well Thanks, for, Thanks for uh, being on the show. <laughs> Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. It's safe to say it's 2023 and the beard is here to stay. They once again have revolutionized men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard, fresh shave look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the name drop code. That's right, name drop, insert that code. You're gonna get 20% off and free shipping. Let's get right into this. I love it. I've been manscaping since puberty, since I've had hair. I love a clean sheen body. This thing's amazing for a couple of reasons. One, it's waterproof. It means you can do it in the shower. I rather do it in the sink. I like to look in the mirror and all that stuff, but that's amazing. You can wash it off. Two, it's got one guard. It's got one guard with 20 lengths. I don't know if you can see this, but you can adjust it. The best thing about this is you don't have 20 guards all over your drawers and in your bathroom and stuff like that. It's the worst, it's the worst. Now, if you're really good to groom your beard, your facial hair is different than the hair on your head. It's more coarse which can cause ingrown hairs. And for me, my girlfriend's gonna go crazy. Right now, like 
my hair, my hair's kind of soft. But if I rub up against her cheeks, she's like, oh my God, it's too much. So you have the beard shampoo and you have the beard conditioner. I love them because it's gonna preserve the actual oils and nutrients in your beard because it's different than your hair. Then you have the beard bomb. This is great because it can tame your beard. And you guys know when there's humidity with hair, it can play all kind of funny, but it also gets rid of the dryness. It kind of keeps the moisture in the beard. Then we have the beard oil. That's what's gonna really protect your skin because I can't stand zits or ingrown hairs when I get them on beard. It drives me nuts. Oh, and the most obvious thing is it's cordless. Like this is a fantastic kit. I mean, you got this with your traveling, it's a little travel kit. I'm so fired up for this. It's like Christmas came late for me. I love manscaped.com. So get 20% off free shipping with the code name drop at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code name drop. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Ready? Okay. At what age in Colorado or Arizona did you Arizona. know, hey, I want to be in the entertainment industry. Specifically, I want to be an actor. I want to say I was 16. A buddy of mine was in what they call speech and debate, but it's if you don't know what it is, in the speech portion of that, you get up 10 minutes and you act out all the characters in a scene. And then you go and you compete all over the state and then it comes to a national tournament, blah, blah, blah. So he said, hey, will you help me with these lines? And I was in his car, I'll never forget it. And he, Tommy Linkus, he's a stand-up in Australia now. And he started doing it. And he started doing all the different characters and the women. And, he took all, and I, I was mesmerized. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? And I said, well, I, I, wanna, I wanna try that. I, I should go back. My father, God rest his soul. <laughs> um, he was a movie theater manager my whole time growing no up. So I, I would go out to see him. He was not a good father. And his <laughs> idea of summer vacation was, why don't you just come to the theater and hang out all day while I work? And so I would I watched Rocky two fifty two times not, exa oh not exaggerating I kept track. <laughs> so I, yeah, it was great. It is. Um, can you still watch it today? Yeah, or it yeah, because like yeah, it's such a good movie. It's, it's such a good movie that it I, I can rewatch it. But uh, so that, I guess that's when it kind of got in my blood. And then this moment with Tommy and I went, I want to do that, and I got into it, and I did real well. I did real well in Arizona. Uh, I won a bunch of tournaments and whatnot. And then around God, 90, 89, 90, I I, I decided. I'm gonna go out to LA and I went to the Academy of Dramatic Arts and then it was in uh, Pasadena. Me and uh, Paul Rudd were in the same no uh, acting wow. class. Name drop. Wow, yeah, yeah. big time. That's a big one. That's uh, the sexiest man alive. Yeah, we were we were good friends. We people people got that wrong. It should have been you, man. Paulie and I, we he's were a bit plain <laughs> for me. He's a bit, yeah, right. he's a bit yeah. vanilla yeah. for me. He, he decided to go that superstar route. Yeah. I went with the middle class, oh my God, we're going broke this year route. <laughs> I did that for 30 fucking years. <laughs> But uh, I went with Polly. Polly and I, we graduated from the academy together. And then uh, it sucks because people, doesn't suck. People will ask me like for advice or how do I get started or how do I do it? The problem is it kind of just happened for me. Like I, my roommate. Well, there's I, no formula. Not, not really. I mean, my, my wife is in casting now. She did the whole uh, uh, thing where you go, the showcases. You know, where you go and you, you perform oh, in front of casting okay. directors. Right. She did all those kind of things. I never did. My, my roommate at the time, had his a friend of his got him a meeting with a commercial agent. And I said, hey, I'll just tag along. Honestly, like, I'll give you a ride. And I get there and they're like, well, why don't you both come in? And I go in and I meet and she goes, well, I'm going to sign you too. And I'm like, well, okay. And then my first commercial, I got a call back. So they all went, oh, 
okay. And then it kind of just started to roll from there. Although I didn't really work the first three years. Who is the agency? Can you, or are you still with them? Or Pat Brady was the agent. Uh, no, 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 no. I've been through a billion at this point. Uh, I don't know who the agency was. What was the was. first commercial? Well, that was just a call. The, the first commercial I ever did was a Bennigan's. Oh, and I'm pulling a giant chicken. I thing. And I, there's a giant rope. And me and the other guy are supposed to be pulling this giant chicken on a floor that was very, very slick. So we would keep sliding and going back and forth. And I thought I had made it. I was like, this is Hollywood. Uh, but it, did, it didn't really click until... My last day job, 26 years ago, I got laid off and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I had this Geico spot and it was, it's, it, they, they re-ran it recently. They, re they brought it, it back. Major negotiation, Wait, major really? renegotiation. So it's a Geico spot where I, I, I'm on a pay phone, which people don't know what that is now, but I'm on a pay phone <laughs> and I go operator, click call from Bob. We out of maybe eat the boy. Oh, right? I remember that one. Okay. So I shoot it with this guy, Bruce Irwin, and I'm like, what the fuck? What did we just shoot? You know, you can imagine 28 takes of that. It, yeah. It's insanity. And he's like, don't worry about it, Lex. We'll, well, I'll get you on the next one. Biggest moneymaker. I've done 152 commercials now, and it's the big, biggest moneymaker still to this day. That was a classic commercial. I, I even 27 years, they brought it back to say, which is your favorite Geico? And I was like, I don't think people are going to understand it. It's a guy on a payphone trying to rip off the phone company. You know what I mean? It's right. like, none of that exists anymore. <laughs> now, a lot of people go to jail these days, so they'll get it. <laughs> Probably should have. But uh, yeah, and that kind of financially, I was like, I didn't have to have a day job anymore. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And then my first theatrical uh, gig was 90210, the original 90210. What was your character? It was called Frat Big Shot. Frat Big Shot? <laughs> yep. I love that. But I'm, I'm basically- I don't see it. I don't see it. I know. I do not I'm, see uh, it at I, all. I'm the nope. DJ at the pool, and I'm just keeping the party going. I guess it was their first year in college or something. Okay. Awesome. And I remember at one point, and I'm so nervous. I was so nervous. And I'm standing there, and he, He's like, you know, just improvise some stuff. And I'm like, okay. And I go, everybody in the pool. And the director goes, cut. And he starts screaming at me in front of everybody. going, don't say that, you idiot. And it totally berates me, right? And I feel this big. And then the week before there, they did the preview. And things get crazy at 90210. Oh. Everybody in the pool. And I'm like, you, dude. You treated me like an idiot. And you use it in the preview, for God's sakes. No, and then I just, I did comedy. I, I, I To this day, I still get. I, I did I did an episode of Friends, uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's yeah. Eve, and I'm trying to steal Great L. Episode. McPherson from uh, Matt LeBlanc, and he throws water on my crotch in the bathroom. So every, <laughs> I know, right? This Great is my episode. career. Uh, Shakespeare, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> but every uh, every uh, uh, New Year's Eve, I, I I get a couple of checks from from friends. <laughs> They're rich beyond. Oh, God. I can't even fathom. Because I still get a, like a grand every right. every, for every one New episode. Year's Eve for one episode I guess oh. started in 27 years ago. They have money going into accounts they're not even aware of. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, it's the friend's money. I'll buy a yacht. Whatever. I don't know what they're doing with it. Uh, yeah, I did comedy for- That was 90s money too. Yes. I mean, was, when, when you the did- the commercials was the same. You can make a lot of money doing uh, it. Oh, I want to get to that point. So uh, we're going to get there. Um, it kind of sounds like the person that signed you like randomly with your friend is the, is there, is there, I don't know if I asking this the right way. Like who's the person that like propelled you where you're like, fuck, this is happening. There wasn't one. Uh, I did. I, I, I was at that agency and then one of the guy, Doug Murphy, who was the, uh, a lower agent, he went to another agency and he brought me with them. Okay. And at that point, I had booked like three commercials in three years. Nothing happened, right? But we were also going out for theatrical stuff. Not at that point. Okay. You were just doing commercials. I was just doing commercials. Why? Just you weren't ready for theatrical? I was 
snorting coke and oh. waiting tables and <laughs> i was in la and you know what i mean i was i was in my early 20s and i don't like, know anything hey, about that lifestyle hey, it sounds like a leading I'm actor a to me yeah. <laughs> it, it you know i mean i wanted it but it was just like it wasn't i, I didn't I, and how do you do it you don't you, you can't go out on the corner here at sunset and with a sign going hire me yeah, you can you but nobody's gonna fucking hire you right. well, I, I laugh about it because you brought this point up and george clooney said this he goes as an actor you can study you can come out and audition for 10 years, which you could call your residency. And yet you could still not be able to make a living as an actor. He goes, you could get D's all through medical school. You can do eight years of a residency. And at the end of it, you're a fucking doctor. You might not be the best doctor, but you are a doctor. And he goes, there is just no formula how to make it as an actor. You just have to keep grinding it out. And you needed some luck. I will, and I will say though, I was just, I think I was watching an Alan Rickman thing, and he was saying people ask him for advice, and he said basically just go kind of better yourself, learn learn shit, learn language, learn stuff, just so that when your opportunity comes, you, you got something to bring to the equation. And yeah. Commercials actually helped me with like uh, comic timing, and, and it got me comfortable in front of the camera. By the time I started working more theatrically, I did I was so comfortable in front of the camera, I never even never thought twice about it. I actually think theatrical is easier than commercials. They to, get to it to some extent, and then you know commercials are tough because twenty you're Indian and there's twenty chiefs there, and they want <laughs> they want 20, 20 takes of a yeah. one second reaction shot, and the director wants his take, and the ad people want their take, and then in between, you, you know, if, like I shot, I was shooting a Dairy Queen, and we were in a parking lot, and in between, I, I was trying to find shade, so I had a little fold out chair, and I'm sitting by a truck trying to just sit there, and I'm like, this is this is Hollywood, this is awesome, really, this is great. It sucked, you know. I was like, okay, but I wanted the money. The money hey, I did a Nicorette commercial. That's big pharma money. They yeah. built a deck for me at Malibu. They put suntan lotion everywhere on my body except on my calves. I had fucking sun poison at the end of the day. I was oh like, I, I, they were like, what's wrong with this guy? I don't know what's happening. I was like stuttering. And they looked back. It was like lobsters. Burn. Yeah, just fucking cooked. Uh, here's a funny story, though. I remember I was, I was shooting in San Francisco on Lombard Street, the crazy yep. street, right? It was a Lucky magazine. It was actually a really good commercial. It was me, I was in love with this, it was, I was in love with this mannequin was the idea of the spot. It was a crazy commercial. So we're on the roof. Wait, you're in love with a mannequin yeah. like the movie? Wait. Look it up, Lucky Magazine mannequin. It's I actually, remember It's a this. 90 second spot and it's actually a really funny, funny spot. But anyway, yeah. I'm on the, on the roof of this building and I look at, I, I look at the copy and I'm, I realize, oh, I'm supposed to be coming out of the shower with just a towel. And I'm like, uh, I go to the AD and I'm like, um, are you gonna see all of me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I go, okay, well, the weekend before I had been with this girl oh, shit. and we had a little fun and she painted my toenails bright red. <laughs> and I went, okay, oh, that's not well, the fun I thought you were taking. And we had all these people on the, on the roof sitting there all talking. And I go, well, all my toenails are bright red. And everybody stopped and kind of looked at me. And they all just went back to talking like nothing had happened. And the AD goes, can we get some nail polish we'll move up here for Lex, please? And everybody just went right back to work. And I'm like, this is the greatest business ever. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Nobody asks you a question. They're like, just say your stuff and do your lines and get out of here, Show up and shut up. There's my hosting agent, Paul. I go, what advice? He goes, show up early and shut up. Do your talk. That's a good, that's really, really good advice. That's pretty good advice. What was one spot? that uh, a commercial spot because listen sometimes they can be silly but sometimes they are very witty and very good Wh what is one spot that you were like this is pretty funny i mean geico is pretty good i i did one more recently about 10 years ago i'm, I'm playing a referee we shot it on lambo 
This was after oh. you. I know I did one oh. with him. Oh, we're going to go was, back to that. It was Aaron Rodgers. It was a career night at an elementary school. Timmy was a, a fireman. I was a cop. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers was quarterback. It was actually at Matt Asselton, an amazing director. Discount double check. Yeah. And it was a very funny spot. Then I went back and I'm playing a referee. And I go, did, did anybody catch that play? All right. We're going to act like, and I just, I'm like renting off going, we're going to act like we're debating about it. You rub your head like I got a real tough call. You do this. And then somebody goes, your mic's on. I and I'm like, yeah. oh, first down. Okay. And it goes, it goes back to me and Aaron. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, 70,000 people. And Aaron, to his credit, just started going off and going, 20 million we're watching at home. Another 70 million. And just started riffing off on all this stuff to the point where I was like, I got it. Shut up, Aaron. And they, they left that in the spot. But it was such a fun to be on Lambo, although you're not allowed to touch the field. I don't know if you guys know that. And Where did you film? No then? joke. On the, we shot on the sideline. Okay. And at one point, I was like, <laughs> and I started to put my foot <laughs> on the field, and three guys ran out. I'm like, no, you're not. We'll kick you out of here. And I'm like, take it easy, guys. It's not that sacred. The, the team wasn't that good at that point. I'm like, relax. But uh, but it was cool to be on Lambo, shooting that with Aaron. He, could, he was very very nice. Uh, and, and the spot was funny. The spot turned out. Yeah, really they're funny. all they're, they're all great. I mean, Matt's great, and, and he he he. I I'll love working with uh, him. I'll tell you about Matt. What I realized when we were do, when we were doing the uh, uh, the career night one, uh, I was at the edge of the frame, and I looked I looked down the side, and I see Timmy. <sighs> Timmy was probably the, the best looking guy there. Well, says a lot. <laughs> until uh, I, until I, I put down, on forty pounds, it was, it was all <laughs> all character actors. Where a lot of times in commercials they want to hire the best looking, you know, whatever people. It was all big time character, big time improv guys. What does character some, acting mean? That you're just like a like, normal person? Like they're normal, but they're really funny. Okay. And okay. like a lot of times I'll show up to a set and I'm like, okay, I got to make this thing. Better so wait, let's make something perfectly clear. I'm the lead best looking person on the set. Yes. And the rest of you are character actors. Yes. That's how I remember it. <laughs> and my, but my point is, is Maddie kind of said, screw you to the system. And he said, I'm sure the ad people were like, we want to hire good looking girl here, good looking guy. And Matt went, no, I want to hire a really funny guy, really funny girl. I want to hire the best people. Cause I sat there on the end going, Oh, I'm like the third best one here. I'm not, I'm not anywhere near the top. And then what Matt does, which is great was he literally sat on the other side of the classroom and he would action and we would all just start riffing and we would start riffing take after take after take. And then right when it would kind of start to peter out, we're running out of ideas. Matt would go, what about this? Boom, boom, boom. And we would all start riffing and it went all day like that. And as an actor, it was fun. Yeah. yeah, wasn't it just fun I, I, to I, hang out with a bunch of really good, smart improv people and, and and come up with crazy shit all day long? It was so much fun. And was that the first? Did we meet at the airport? Right, we did not know each Maybe, other either. Either airport or the fitting. Okay, but that's like we we did not know each other before because no. I remember when we got there, I was like. Do you like beer? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, do you like gambling? And you're like, yeah. And you like sports? Yeah. And I was like, did we just become best friends? It was stepbrothers. Step and I, uh, I, I call. We, we showed up and we had the night. We had the night off. And I said, uh, my mother-in-law is in the athletics program. This at, is great. Uh, University of Kentucky. And I, I called and I said, hey, I'm going to go to the. I'm going to go to the stadium. I want. I want to see Lambo. I've never. I want. We're here. For Christ's sakes. And she got me the punters tickets, which were 50 yard line, 14 up. They were amazing. But I said, hey, you want to you go to a game? Fuck yeah. And we show up at the game, and this guy's on his phone making bets left and right. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was like... And I it was never, preseason! I, and it was preseason, <laughs> game three. And I swear to God, he's on the phone going, give me 200, da, 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 give me 400, da, da, da. I'm just like, what the fuck did I just sign up for with this guy? <laughs> it was like, BG, four, five, password, tomatoes. You're like, what? <laughs> I, it was insane. I, I thought he was doing a bit. He wasn't. He was making money during the game. <laughs> that was... And then afterwards, we, we, went uh, the casino. we were at a bar, and the, the, my impersonation of Tim Bader is uh, 
we said to the waitress, give us, you know, give us Wisconsin. Give us a taste of Wisconsin. And she gives us cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> Are we all familiar? I wasn't. I'm from, uh, I'm I'm from Minnesota. Cheese breaded and yeah. deep fried. Yeah. This guy and was inhaling them. I mean, just, <laughs> and then she brought out a thing of marinara and he was like, marinara. <laughs> We're drunk, admittedly, but he's just shoveling them in left and right. They were delicious. And remember the, the beer? Uh, no, I'm good. No, do you remember? Do you oh, I thought you were right now. I'm like, easy, easy. It's, 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 it's 1.30. I still got to pick up kids from school, for God's sake. No, oh, what was the beer? It, it was a Wisconsin, like, famous beer. Yeah, it was, it was whatever um, the local was. Spotted Cow. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well done. Wow. Spotted I'm Cow. I'm from Minnesota. Oh, well done. Yeah. And then uh, the best part about that job. It's good beer. We went, we shot the commercial. It was Business. great. And the last night there, they'd put us in an Indian casino. <laughs> they, they'd put us up. And I'm like, who thought of this shit? This was not <laughs> oh, smart. I think that was Matt making a maybe, joke. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. So I go off on my own. I, I'm playing quarter video poker, and I hit a royal flush for a grand. Oh and I'm like, this nice. is the best job ever. <laughs> uh, and I'm walking back. It's midnight. We got to get up at 5 a.m. to catch a flight that goes through Cincinnati to L.A. I know I'm, I'm like, it's going to be rough, this, but we're going to do it. Timmy comes running up to me at midnight and he goes, the whole crew, they're playing craps. Come on, Lex, they're playing craps. And I'm like, no, Tim, I'm not going to play craps at midnight. Go to bed, young man. And he's like, come on, come on, come on. And I walk up. The whole crew is around the table. Two guys roll. They go out. No, and they John, get to, you know, John was the guy that rolled this. Well, that's what I'm getting. So okay, the, the okay. guy is the boom operator starts to roll. He rolls for two hours and 15 oh. minutes. Nice. At one point, first it was the pit boss freaking out. They started bringing the owner of the casino came in at two fifteen and said, "I'm shutting it down in five rolls. I'm shutting it down." And we're all like, "Fuck!" I don't know you can at this point, people, are, the entire casino is—I've never seen anything like it. I'll never see anything like it again. The entire casino is literally hovering around this table. People are just throwing these poor pit people are just—they don't know yeah. what's going on. I think there's a lot of money left on that table because they didn't know what was happening. The guy said five rolls, and three rolls later, he finally crapped out. But then they went to pay out. And they took the table down for $38,000. Yeah, it was bonkers. Wow. I didn't change my bet because I was afraid I was going to, you know, jinx it. I think I won like two and a half grand. In Green but Bay, it, Wisconsin. Yeah, it was insane. And then I finally, I was like, Timmy, we're going to bed. He didn't. He was yeah. like, I'm staying up. I'm staying well, up. I was down 4000 and I had won six. And then I lost the 2000 I won on slots and never went to bed. I went right to the airport. Even it Steven. It cracks me up, though, because you were so full of it that night at, at four in the morning. He was like, I'm not going to bed. That's not you. And about 5.30, we're walking through the Cincinnati airport. And he's like, I should have went to sleep. He was so broken and broken. so tired. Him and the, the other gal that was with us. So we, I just I, I was the dad. I got him on the plane. I'm like, go to sleep on Who, the plane. I forget. And we there got was, back. Pad, pad me something. There she was, was great. Yeah. But anyway, that was that was one of the best oh, commercials sashim. I've ever been on. Sash yes. Sashim <laughs> Badbox. That was it. Oh, uh, my God, dude. One of the, yeah, the best commercial. Not only the spot itself, but obviously drinking, gambling, and making a bunch of money. Oh, uh, <laughs> my God. Just I, I mean, you're bringing me down memory lane. How old were you then? Ah, that's a good question. You were late 20s? Yeah. I'm oh, really? I'm 47 now, so it had to be what? I wasn't that late. It wasn't. Uh, 10. Maybe you were in the 30s. Yeah. Was I doing, yeah, I was doing Drop Dead Diva. Yeah. That, yeah, people were freaking out. Seasons. You were the judge, right? I started as the judge, and then they made me the the lawyer. Yeah, I was the love interest. And you were also, that. but you, but you were also like a very nurturing, loving character, correct? Kind of, yeah. I was the love interest for the lead. I was supposed to do four episodes. I went out to Georgia, did four episodes. On the finale, there's a scene where she's on a plane by herself, and you hear a voice say, "Is this seat taken?" And I thought it was the uh, the guy that the story was based on, the, the Grace. Anyway, they turn around, and it's on me. And I'm reading this in the hotel in Georgia, and I'm like, oh, shit. 
no, nobody's told me anything at this point. I call my people. I'm like, uh, she's running away with my character. Does this mean, what does this mean? And they're like, we don't know. And then I went two weeks later, I was back in LA and I went to the rap party for the, for the show for that season at the, the creator's house, Josh Berman's house. And I walked in and he goes, we want to make you a regular. And I'm like, uh, talk, talk to my people. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say no. Where do I sign? Uh, yeah. And so then from, from that four episodes, I ended up every year, I would go out to Georgia for six months and shoot. Uh, wow. 13 episodes. Yeah. That was but a then great in between, show. I had six months off. So that's why I was like, did and, you want to work in that time? Yeah. Because they weren't paying my quote. It was okay. a lifetime. Okay. <laughs> Uh, they, they, they weren't paying anywhere near my quote. It was good money, but it wasn't crazy it money. Wasn't, so yeah. uh, six months off, I'm going to, I'm going to do commercials. So in between one of the yeah. seasons, and I think Bader told Aaron about that. And Aaron kept digging me the whole time. Drop dead diva. Hey. And I'm like, it's a paycheck mother. Because <laughs> dude, girls no from idea. my college were like, is that the guy from drop dead diva? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's him. They were like, I love his character. That's what I'm saying. The I two told- that I didn't know was drop dead diva was one. I'd never seen it. And I signed up and internationally it's, huge i had no idea the other one was i was i was doing a show southland it was an la cop show gritty la cop show it was great wait the lead's a woman right no no uh it was michael cudlitz ben mckenzie regina oh ben mckenzie okay it was a gritty handheld la cop show Mm -hmm. and that's what propelled me in drama got me going into dramas i got on that show okay but i was doing it and i was recurring and then at one point they had me off two episodes and i was just annoyed because i was i should have been a regular so i said screw it give me any which my people i'm like anything anything comes up i want to I want them to call and you say he can't, he's busy. So I go in for this show, Supernatural. I don't know if anybody's yeah, heard of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I hadn't. I go in as, <laughs> that was big well, time. I go in for the role of Cupid, butt naked, <laughs> looking like this. Uh, <laughs> Lovable. The breakdown, or the break, I don't know, you guys know what a breakdown is. Yeah. The breakdown is they send a thing to the agent saying, we're looking for 30 to 40 year old Hispanic male, blah, 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 blah. The breakdown for this role was we are looking for an obese albino. <laughs> <laughs> I booked it. I'm not kidding. I Nailed kept the breakdown. It. I kept it because I fucking booked it. Obese <laughs> albino. And Do you then I, I, I go up. I ha- it's in Vancouver, and I have to be butt naked on set all day long because I'm Cupid. And uh, as I'm, I'm sharing, I'm sharing a bus ride in with one of the guys on the show, and he goes, "And I, I've never heard of the show." And he goes, "Well, Lex, I make more more money during during the conventions than I do on the actual show." Oh, yeah. And I'm like, "What? What do you mean conventions?" And he goes. Well, this thing is huge. Yeah. And sure enough, I, I remember right before I left, my wife had said, maybe you should make a fan page because, you know, from all the other work. And I was like, no, none of the people know me. That show, and I, if you see it, I'm, I look, the lighting, I look gray. <laughs> I am just, just rolls of fat everywhere. <laughs> Even my wife was like, you do not look good. <laughs> I get home and all these French women have bombarded my Facebook page and they're just, uh, the French love pasty white dude, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, but who, who's the, ma- the the super famous guy that drinks 12 bottles of champagne? Dupar? Gerard Depardieu? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, apparently I'm the American version. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, well, look at me. Yeah, it's 1.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday and I'm drinking. That's losing it. Uh, but that role... That role uh, was the one that I had no idea. And so when I, I, I don't do cameo anymore, but when I was doing cameos, I thought it would all be diva. And the first two were, and then from that point on, like an idiot, somebody asked me to be Cupid, took off my shirt, and he's a very crazy, wacky character. And he's all, and he cries and he laughs and he's crazy. And from that point on, everybody wanted me to do Cupid. And it was exhausting. How I finally much, decided. Did you make good money on cameo? I did okay. We were during, really like broke COVID, at the times. Yes, or, yeah. we were broke, and it was at least just some income. Yeah. I actually worked okay during COVID because during COVID, 
there was no in-person auditioning. Right. So I think casting was really kind of relying on people they knew would show sure. up on set and do and not fuck up and not freak out. And so in that regard, I had enough credits where, and I knew every, I knew everybody. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, just well, we're going to hire Lex. So I did I did okay. <laughs> I did a Grey's Anatomy. Guess what happens in my Grey's Anatomy episode? Tell me. I'm a patient freaking out because of COVID. I wake up in the hospital and I end up running through the hospital. You got it. Naked. <laughs> to the point where. Typecast new. Yeah. What when I finished, I finished that dance. And I, I end up in a, I end up, oh, Debbie Allen was directing. She tortured me, man. Because uh, the, the, the last climax of the scene, I'm in, a, I'm in a stairwell just sobbing my eyes out, giving this monologue. And she made me do it 26 times. And I'm just sobbing. Wow. Take it. But then I finished and they, the, the AD was like, that's a wrap on Lex Metal. And the entire crew just started chanting, naked guy, <laughs> naked guy. And I walked off set. And at some point I got in my car and I went, maybe that's not a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good my thing. career, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was ironic because in my 20s, I was a gym rat. When I met my wife, she married full on six pack, eight pack, ripped guy. Not once did they ask me to get naked. The second I got fat for a part and I never got skinny, they, I swear to God, they're constantly asking me to get naked. I guess it's funny. It's so for dramatic. Didn't I didn't tell know. you is they're shooting a movie upstairs and you're naked guy. I'll do it. Two. That's what's sad. Yep. I'll do it. I don't care. Hey always, man, sex sells. I always tell people they're like, well, you'll do anything. I'm like, well, not porn. Well, unless it's a good storyline. Then yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Sure. No, I'll do it. Well, actually, right now, I don't have to do anything. But well, uh, we, wait, we got to get back to your wife okay. because oh. tell us how you met her. Because, you know, you're a real life Hollywood actor. Famous for. We met. So weird because I haven't been over in this section of Hollywood in. The, the other night was the first Saturday night. Probably five years. <laughs> uh, I went to a pre-Oscar party at Sky Bar. My buddy, my buddy, Dave Hader, who was supposed to be here, but he couldn't. Big screenwriter guy. We'll get him next he, time. he called and said, hey, you want to come to this party at Sky Bar? Which normally I'd be like, no way in hell. I got kids. I got a wife. I'm tired. We live in a, we live out in the Gore in the suburbs. That's our world. But I came and did it. And I, I come into the bar and I run into Timmy and he's like, do my podcast. I'm like, and honest to God, my first thought was, I got to drive back into Hollywood. <laughs> oh, my God. In the and rain. It was raining. Uh, but my wife and I, ironically, back in the day when I did hang out here, we met at Barney's Beanery. And oh, I never heard of it. Okay. Never heard of it. <laughs> I walked in. My friend Jennifer was sitting there and she was uh, talking to this lovely blonde gal, uh, which uh, ironically, if you look at the long relationships I've had in my life, they are large, blue eyed, blonde girls. They, there's been a pattern of that. <laughs> and three years ago, I saw out of nowhere, I got a picture of my mother when she was 19 years oh. old. Big eyes, blonde hair, and I had to shower for three weeks. I felt so oh gross. God. Freud is right about everything, unfortunately. <laughs> so I see this blonde, blue-eyed, this this thing that's my type, and I'm like, hey, how are you? And she's like, hey, how are you? And then we went our separate ways, and uh, my friend Jen, to her credit, I called her up. I'm like, what's, uh, what's, what's going on with friend Lori there? And she's like, ah, oh, she's kind of dating a guy, but I don't think it's so serious. And then Lori was asking about me. Ooh. But oh. to, my, to Jen's credit, she didn't say anything. And then our first date was at a Xanadu sing-along party because I'm pretty much gay. Because um, I know every word. I know all the lyrics, to all the songs. Yep. I even went uh, with her later. I went at the Henry Ford Theater. They, they, they showed the movie and then they did a Xanadu sing-along. It's Olivia Newton-John, correct? guy there. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. we got to tell them people Wilson, that don't know. Yeah, show. I don't know what this is. Explain Xanadu to the audience. Yellow. You know Xanadu, yes. I know yeah, Xanadu. he knows. Uh, it's a movie... 
It's so bad, it's good. It's, it's one of those best. kind of things. With a beautiful girl, Olivia well, Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John was stunning. I mean, she sang Xanadu, right? Yeah. Did she sing that song? And ELO plays a lot of the other, yeah, Electric Light Orchestra plays a lot of the other. The music's actually really good. It's fantastic. The movie, the acting is really rough. <laughs> and the plot line is really rough. That was your first date? We were at that Xanadu sing-along. <laughs> like, how does that become your first date? We both ended up there, and then after the movie ended at the house. Uh, and she was the, like, you're house, gay. My new guy best friend. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, we were, it was at, you know the Astro Burger on, on yeah. by Paramount? Yep. There's a bar across the street there, and my friend's house is right there by Paramount. So we walked to the bar. It was there then. I'm okay. probably gone now. And we got really drunk, and we were walking back, and I was giving her a piggyback ride. And she was dating another guy who they all knew. And they're like, well, what about the other guy? And she was like, I choose Lex. <laughs> um, but I took her home. She was really drunk. I tucked her in, and I said, I will come back tomorrow and take you to lunch. And uh, I picked her up the next day and took her to Off Vine. I don't know if you guys ever remember Off uh -oh. Vine. And we had turkey burgers. Little did I know uh, she kept going to the bathroom to throw up because she was so <laughs> hungover. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And then from there it started. And at the time, I, I had a, my daughter was nine from a previous relationship. And she was coming to live with me for the summer. And I said, listen, it was so unfair to my wife. But I said, hey, my daughter's coming. If she doesn't like you, you're out, which is so unfair to a human being. But Lori was like, okay, we'll see what happens. And of course they clicked right away. And we basically spent the whole summer, all of us together going Aww. to Disneyland, doing stuff. And then, oh, and you know, the, the big thing I did right before my daughter came, I said to Lori, we'd been going together a week. And I said, listen, at the time I was connected in Vegas. I knew the Blue Men. I knew all the people in Deliguardo. And I, I, I gambled enough where I knew everybody. So I said, hey, let's go to Vegas. And I took her to Vegas, and uh, and that's what kind of cemented the the deal. Got and then, then her getting along with my daughter cemented. But the, the other thing is, though, uh, to have a wife that understands. She she was in the industry before we met her. She's an actress still. So then she understands. The, the, the way I put it is, when I got Diva, my son was 10 days old, and my daughter was three years old. Lori had, was, had a C-section. So okay. she was recovering from a C-section. And I had to walk into the house and go, hey, honey, I booked it. I got to go to Georgia for two oh months and leave her with a 10 day old. And to her credit, cause she's, she went, yeah, go make the money. Yeah, cause I she mean, got yeah, she's but she she's got crying, it. but she's of like, course. yeah, go make the money, go do what you got to do. And I tell people before that I would date what I call civilians and they <laughs> love the idea. They love the end result of me being on TV, but the whole, Hey, I got to go to South America for the, the next six weeks. It never worked out. They would always freak out. I had multiple girls just like, I, I this is how you're going to live your life. And I'm like, Hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am living it. Yeah. International first class is awesome when you're not paying for it. Sure. And then you, she gave you a great idea. What was the idea that she did make a fan page? Yes. Like, so she's got the the, the, the uh, vision. She, honest to God, she's my PR person. She worked for a while for a PR company, Mark and Corporate. So she literally runs all my stuff. I, I She just, she takes my, my uh, Instagram. She just takes everything and she does it because otherwise I wouldn't do anything. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I love that. Well, I don't live well in that world. And I know Lori, but I don't know Lori, which yeah. is fun. <laughs> but you know, she's a pro. She's the best. She's casting. She's, she's the casting. Best. And she's she's a like, hold on. How do you know? Okay, how do you so, know Lex's wife? Yeah, I was like, you're Lori Medlin's husband. <laughs> it's a small town. Yeah, it's a small town. Um, because I worked for Hey Joe, which is your nightmare virtual casting. Oh, kill me now. Yep. <laughs> and Lori was one of the best. Is one of the best session runners because she she gets it too. She's. You get some session runners who are technical and they're like, I can run the cameras, I can do everything, but she can play the character and like make actors feel comfortable. She in makes the room. them better. Right. Especially she makes them better. some of these, there's some non union gigs that's pretty rough. And 
I, I don't have the patience. I'll be listening to the audition and I want to just it's, grab the computer and go, quit now. <laughs> I don't believe a word coming out of your mouth. I had never give up the dream, but she is calm and yes. has she over and she gets them better by the end. And I'm like, so well, that's not hard. being an actress, having sat in so many castings and virtual castings now, my mind is blown away. One, because some people you're like, bro, what are we doing here? Like, how did you even get the call back? And two, like, they'll be like in their car and you're like, did you really think you were going to book this? And they're like, the thing's pixelating and they can't even show their face. And you're like, bro, come back. This is insane. She had one. It was, this is a swear to God, a true story. It was a callback and she got on the list and she hears on the list. It says the guy has to catch his flight in, in 10 minutes. Can he go now? And they're like, okay, yeah, absolutely. They go and he comes on the screen. It's the fucking pilot is Stop sitting it. in the cockpit Stop of the plane. Going, getting ready to do lines. And they started to do it. And finally, the director was like, I, I, this is a bad idea. Uh, there's there's got to be liability here somewhere. Yeah. Why don't you focus on flying? It hadn't taken off yet. It was getting ready to. But I was like, dude, where are your priorities? You're a pilot. Screw the commercial. But that's, that's how crazy this business is. It's crazy. This guy wanted to be on a, in, a, in a commercial more than flying a plane. I like wish that. I still had that ambition. I have to accept <laughs> <laughs> because oh, half of my bookings, I get the job before the camera's even on. Because I walk into the room and they say, this guy is not going to give us a problem. He's he, like, I walk in, I notice things and make connections. So I, I can't tell you how many people have said, you were definitely not the best actor. But we knew when you came to the set, you were going to show up. You were going to give it your all. You were going to listen, take direction and execute. So I lose that advantage. Oh, it, the, not it, being in the room killed me. I hated it. I, it. It kills me every time. Let me tell you something. I was talking to a director, this guy Greg. He's a big movie director, and I said, "You know, give me, give me the other side. Tell me what you're seeing on the other side." And he said, "Lex, you walk in the room before you even say a word. Within five seconds, I've made up my mind, yes or no. Yes. Before you even open your mouth. Yeah. He said, "Now, five percent of the time, you might turn me around on on, on your read. Five percent, but that's the case. You walk in, and you're either you're not even this. I'm right now. I'm on uh, CSI Vegas." Bo Fanato, it's probably my favorite character I've ever played. I get to do a lot of drama, but then I also get to be funny. Yeah. And I, I was talking to the main EP and he said, uh, they, they took 12 guys to network uh, when they were gonna do it. And I was, the, I, was, I was the first one on the tape, but he said, they saw me yeah. and they just went, you set the bar. That's yeah. it. This is the bar. It. And I, luckily I didn't know it was 12. And so I you just got lucky that you were the first one week. too. I, mean, I just got lucky that that part was right for me. Right. Seriously, because it's some, <laughs> It was a lot of science. Oh my God, it's a lot of science. Are you learning yeah. a lot of things? <laughs> I mean, Diva was a lot of legal, which I thought was bad. Science is yeah. uh, psychosepantanoic acid. I mean, it's just it's just over and over. And then you fall into the trap of, I was like, oh my God, I have to say this. I have to do this good. And so I spent hours upon hours getting it clean. But then they go, oh, well, he's really good at it. So just give him more. And so we're in this cyclical, horrible world of they keep me and a couple of the act, they keep giving us more. But you, you can't do it bad. So I end up spending most of my weekends just memorizing just going over crazy... science, science. But then the great thing is, is then uh, that's why I had this stupid mustache. I get to be the uh, uh, the quirky lab guy and I get to say the funny line at the end. Right. And what happened, what the mustache was, I had a full beard. My wife was running session and said every 80% uh, of the guys booking have facial hair. So I was like, I've been clean shaving my whole life. She's so like, you're inside track. This is amazing. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, Ted Lasso. I grew a full yeah. beard. And I was doing uh, Mayans, show Mayans. I'd done two episodes of yeah. the Sons of Anarchy yeah, offshoot. Yeah, great show. I was playing a pedophile. Lovely, <laughs> lovely role. Yeah, this is my career. Nude, pedophile, range. End of the first episode. It's it's no joke being the kid. It was lovely. And then while I'm God. shooting that, 
I, if, I, if I'm wrapping that up and uh, Suzanne Goddard Smythe, who's a wonderful casting director, called me in for this Disney show, uh, Raven's Home. Uh, she's so Raven. Oh, that's so yeah, yeah. It's her offshoot. Yeah. And I'm supposed to play a racist cop. Oh my God. So I'm like, okay. So I go to shave and I'm like, wait a minute. And I leave this thing thinking it looks so ridiculous. They'll be like, no, I'm not hiring that idiot. Of course they hire me. <laughs> in the middle of shooting that, it was Friday and I had to shoot Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on Raven's Home. They say, put yourself in a self tape for CSI Vegas. And I'm like, all right. And I do my slate and I'm like, hey, Lex Medlin 62, I'm in Los Angeles. I can totally shave this after Wednesday. Boom, I go, I shoot Raven's Home. Wednesday night I'm rapping. They're like, you have a producer session tomorrow for CSI Vegas. The first note is, don't shave the stash. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And then they hired me and I'm like, hopefully I'm going to have this nightmare for a decade, I hope. Yeah. But both my kids, they came home, they looked at me and they went, what the hell did you do? They hated it. My wife came home and she's like, oh my God, that's hideous. And then she saw the contracts and she went, well, we're going to make this work. It's going to be, <laughs> yeah. we'll figure out. We're going to keep the flavor yeah, saver. We're going to yeah. make it work. It's going to be great. Uh, we, NCIS. Who's it? Uh, Michael Belisarius. Uh, no, CSI. Oh, CSI. Got it. CSI I, Vegas. All right. I went out for NCIS. This is how, you know how this works. You've probably oh, yeah, done it a million show. times. I I have an acting coach and he puts me on tape and it looks great. You know what I mean? He coaches you up. He reads with you. It's a lot easier than to do it yourself. And yes. I have so, a wife that runs session. I'm very lucky in that regard. Yeah. You're super lucky. So. I'm like, I, I don't even want to go out for this because uh, I'm going back to the World Series to watch my Philadelphia Phillies compete against the Houston oh, Astros. So I'm like, fuck it. I, I've been doing these self-tapes. I'm having no luck. Of course, the minute that I land in Philadelphia, you have a Zoom call, uh, call yep. back for it. And guess what time it starts? 5 p.m. Pacific time, which is 8 where it's first pitch. So I'm at my nephew's house. We started drinking at four. I'm not not going to drink. You're in Philly. I didn't. I knew the lines. I was off book. It was very easy. But my uh, my cousin and my nephew are in the room and I'm on my nephew's computer in his fucking closet in downtown Philly. And because I'm going to the game the following night. And this is when the Phillies were just hitting home runs. Yeah. And there and I'm sitting there and you can see everybody else in the waiting room, which is awful. Because you know who booked the job? Shane Blades ah. and Shane Blades said, when I saw you put your head into frame to check everything out, he goes, I knew this guy was hammered, <laughs> right? So when I actually had to go action, I'm doing my scene. All these Philly guys are like, fucking Bryce Turn, look, no, fuck is. And I was like, and the pants are over there. I mean, you were, I was buried. I'm actually surprised you didn't book it. Oh, dude. You almost uh, did, right? Or no? Yeah, it was like it was, I was, I got oh, pinned, but I mean, you're wild. I booked NCIS, it was, and then we had the Christmas holiday. This is 15 years ago. Over the holiday, the guy that I'm in the scene with killed himself. I get a call from my agent going, So you're not doing NCIS because obviously the scene isn't there. They still paid me, but I ended up not being on air. And then one of my wife's, her best friend's husband has been on, Sean has been on it since the beginning. And I'm like, Dude, get me on. They would never, for whatever reason, I could never get on NCIS. I, I don't know what it is. I've auditioned for it a bazillion times, too. Oh, and th those are the stories you hear. I know CSI was notorious. I went in, ironically, a decade ago, I did CSI. The really? original. Yeah. And it was one of those, I'd been in, a, I only went in it four times. I'd been in it three times, really great roles, juicy, crazy roles. And this one role comes up. It was small enough that I call my people. I'm like, is it top show guest star? And they're like, yeah. And my wife was like, you're, you're not going to do that. You're, you're going to wait for one of those big roles. And I said, no. I'm going to audition for this and book it so that I don't have to fucking audition for CSI anymore. <laughs> I was sick of auditioning for it. And then I booked it and then I ended up recurring. And I, I, it was, nice. I was the reason that Lawrence Fishburne gets stabbed at the end of whatever season that was. I actually talked to Lawrence. <laughs> really? 
but and I went home to my wife. Like once I called and said you're going to recur, my wife, to her credit, was like, "Don't ever listen to me ever again." I went, "Yeah, just always do the work. Just do the work and yeah. see where it falls." You know, <laughs> Paul, my agent, do the work, do the work. I wish I had your ambition too. You know, when I put myself on tape for this, I call my people. I'm like, "Do they know I was in it a decade ago?" And he was like, "Shh, shh, shh. just don't say anything." <laughs> Dude, I've been and, watching Columbo. They get big stars. It's, it, that have played two different characters that die. You know, anything goes. That was a different... I, I don't, I Chad, think I, that's for you. That's, I got it. <laughs> uh, I think I fell through the cracks, but because there's been a couple articles about, yeah, sometimes pe you, pe they can bring people back from the show, and I'm always like, shut up. Just shut up. This is a great gig. I don't want to ruin it. But no, they, they know now, and they don't care. All right, so this is in closing, I want to ask you this question, too, because I, I'll tell you my opinion. Right now, I think that stand-up comedy is as hot as it can be. All mm -hmm. the comics are so good. Every special is good. Every commercial I watch is either a famous monster actor or a famous uh, athlete. Like my commercial Pretty auditions much. have dropped immensely. And then TV, it's like I deal with these social media kids. None of them have TVs under 30. Like, so I don't know where the business is going. The now. business doesn't know where it's going. though. Com commercials as we know it is done. That's been happening for a while. They're. Back but in the heyday, you could do that? three commercials because there's only three networks, and you could make a hundred thousand sure. dollars. You're in LA, middle class. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Kind of thing. That was. But when I got into it, you could do six or seven in the year and make your middle class living in between. You know, because theatrical doesn't, unless you're a regular, doesn't pay that much. Right. Yeah. So that whole, but that whole system is slowly gone. Now, we can sit here and bitch about it, but the truth is, the networks don't know what to do either, because everybody got so crazy about streaming and look what's happening. I mean, right. Disney it's was excited to lose 2.1 billion as opposed to 2.4. Right. They were like, oh, it's getting better, but nobody's making any money. And, and I'm watching Hulu the other night. I'm watching the, the last, no, no, I forget what I was watching. But I was watching something on Hulu and- The I'm Bear, you're watching for the commercials. I'm going through commercials and I'm like, isn't this network TV? Isn't this the model for- Yeah. So I think it's gonna go back into something like that uh, because that's the only way to make the money, but th they're, they're trying to figure it out. Commercials as we know it, that's that's done. Well, the other thing is, you want to know another uh, kick the nuts is when they're showing commercials streaming, we're not getting the, the revenue because the contracts. How do you compete with technology? Who knew streaming was coming? You make a podcast. Have <laughs> 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 hey! you subscribed to Nate? You work in a bar. You, you do what you got to do. You maybe get lucky and get the one of the last probably series regs on a network show. Hey! Gigs. I think I, every time I get in my, my car before I go to set, I honest to God, and maybe maybe I'm 53. I'm going to be 54 in two weeks, and I'm I'm just really grateful. I get in the car and I'm, I make a point of just being really, really, really grateful the whole drive there. And then I show up and we have a ball. It's a great story. And they and they laugh and a lot of people are. I've been doing this 34 years, and I'm sure there are some producers and whatnot that are over all my bits, but this group isn't. They love it, and so we have we just we laugh a lot, even in the midst of. The show is really dark, but sometimes you need to just laugh when well, you're doing the dark stuff. Yeah. You know, is there anything else you want to plug? No. No, I know. Right now, no, Drop Dead Diva is being re-aired on Hallmark something. Okay. And then, yeah, Vegas, uh, uh, March 20th is episode 17, and there's four, four or five more episodes. And we got picked up for season three, and uh, we're going to wait to see when we start that. Lex, love I love you as a person. I think you're an immense talent, and I, I really can't see I, I can't see anybody that I would root for more than you. I'm happy for all your success, man. Yeah, and all my actor buddies out there, just just hang in there. Part of the, part of the job is just showing up. And if you just keep showing up and you have some talent and you keep always do a good job, uh, eventually something good can, can, can happen. Just hang in there. Just hang all right, there. I love it. Listen, listen to Name Drop where any podcasts are viewed. Subscribe. Subscribe, like, and rate. 
I want to thank Lex for being on today. Chad. Maybe I'll get away.